You're listening to The Knicks Recap. Your source for all New York Knicks-related content. After 19 seasons, one of the greatest Knicks of all time, Carmelo Anthony, has retired. We're going to talk about that and if the Knicks should retire his jersey at MSG. We're also going to look at the contract situation of Josh Hart and Emmanuel Quickly, who's been rumored to both make a combined $175 million from the New York Knicks. We're going to talk about if that's realistic and if that's going to happen. And then finally, we're going to talk about these in some parts, ridiculous superstar trade requests that we've seen floating around Twitter and Bleacher Report and all these other news outlets for superstars that the Knicks should go after. We're going to unpack all of that and a little bit more today. Let's get started. After 19 seasons, Carmelo Anthony, one of the greatest Knicks of all time, has chosen to hang him up and retire. He announced on Monday via video on all social media platforms that he was going to hang it up and call it quits on his NBA career, leaving his journey in the hands of his son. And it was such a special and beautiful moment. I know a lot of Knicks fans like myself would agree. Melo was one of the best Knicks to ever come here, to ever play for us. And we wish him the best in his post-retirement ventures. I know a lot of Knicks fans would agree with me with that. There's been recent reports, actually, from Ian Bagley stating that there's strong support in MSG to retire number seven, Melo's jersey, in the rafters. And you know what? How can you not? I get that certain times those accolades are saved for winning a championship and bringing that to the garden. But I also know that Patrick Ewing's jersey's up there. And he didn't win a championship, but it was about the moments, what he did and what he gave fans that led to that happening. And I think Carmelo Anthony falls within that same kind of category. During his stint with New York, he made the all-star game every season he was with New York. Led the NBA in scoring at 28.7 points per game in 2012 to 2013. And finished his time with the franchise with averages of 24.7 points, 7 rebounds, and 3.2 assists per game. That's why you retire his jersey in the rafters. That moment where he shot that three over Luol Deng when they're playing Chicago and tied the game. What a moment. And he has many mellow moments in the garden not just that one but for me that was a personal favorite if you're asking me and I know a lot of fans as well too would agree if the question is do you retire Carmelo Anthony's jerseys in the rafters of MSG it's yes absolutely Carmelo Anthony was and will always be one of the greatest Knicks to ever play for our franchise. Thank you for everything, Mello. Stay mellow. Emmanuel quickly is due for a contract extension this offseason, and it could be a massive one. 
according to the Hoops Hype podcast with Mike Scotto, Steph Bondi, and my man Ian Bagley, when they were talking about Emmanuel quickly and the floor for his contract, they said it was in the neighborhood of $80 million, and it could reach all the way up to $100 million just for Emmanuel quickly. Now, for all intents and purposes, Emmanuel quickly has done what he needed to do during the regular season. He was one of the finalists for six men of the year, right behind Malcolm Bragnan. During the regular season, he averaged 14.9 points, 4.2 rebounds, and 3.4 assists. And again, he was a finalist for six men of the year. So those are things going in the right trajectory for Emmanuel quickly as he was getting through the season. And a lot of people thought, myself included, that when he got to the postseason, if Emmanuel quickly gave you the same play, or better during the postseason, his value might be upwards to 110 to 115 million. That's how important the playoffs are. But his playoff performance and his lack of a performance in the playoffs really not showing up like the six men of the year that we saw for most of the season really hurt us, really gave us a disadvantage when it came to the bench because Emmanuel quickly was our bench for so long. And when you don't have production from your most important bench player, it's going to be hard to win games. And we saw that in the playoffs. Uh, so because of that, I think Quick's value has dropped a little bit because of his playoffs, you know, collapse, if you'll call it that. So I think at of this point in time, Emmanuel quickly might get 80 million. I don't know if he'll make more than that. I certainly wouldn't want him to make more than that. And I think that the Knicks don't want to pay him upwards to $100 million. However, is that where the market is right now? Is an important six-man-of-the-year finalist candidate who helped us get to the playoffs, who helped us get that seating, is he worth a hundred-plus million contract? Is that what we want to do with our money? Because remember, the New York Knicks only have so much cap room. Do you want to invest $100 million in a bench player, or are you going to start quickly? The Knicks not only need to figure out their cap situation, they need to figure out what they're going to do with their starting situation. Are you going to pay Emmanuel quickly 80 million, 100 million, whatever the number is, and not start him? Can you justify a move like that? There's going to be a lot of questions for that. And to go into another report on that same podcast, they talked about Josh Hart and his potential contract extension. Now he's due to make about 13 million, uh, but he's likely going to decline that player option and he's going to seek a new contract and he wants longevity and he wants to get paid. He said as much. So because of that, you got to figure out that Josh Hart likely will get 70 to 75 million because that's what again was reported on the Hoops Hype podcast with Mike Scotto, Steph Bondi and Ian Bagley. They figure his value is around there. So if things go in terms of the max route that we are hearing from these reports, together, Josh Hart and Emmanuel Quickly, two bench players for the New York Knicks, could potentially end up making $175 million. Now, if you're asking me, that is too much money to tie up into, albeit too important, bench players. I think we're going to have to find some room in the middle. If I can get Hart for $60 million in a long-term contract and Emmanuel quickly for about $75 million or $70 million for another long-term contract, I'll say the Knicks stole them 
got a fair deal, a great deal, matter of fact, and it'll help this franchise build in the direction that we need to build in. If you're looking to add free agents in the offseason, you can't do that without cap space. Even if you trade Fournier and Rose, it doesn't equal more cap space and room because we're already over the cap. So we need to make a lot of moves. And that's why I'm thinking that this offseason, because of the fact that we don't have that many draft picks, we already have no draft picks for this year in the first round. We know that and we understand that. It seems like the Knicks are foregoing the draft and saying, I'm going to build with what I have and add free agents and add talent as it arises. And that's where the superstar trades come into play here because everybody thinks now given where the Knicks are that a superstar trade is imminent for the Knicks and three names have been thrown out there as potential suitors for the New York Knicks this offseason if they look to trade for them Jalen Brown Carl Anthony Towns and the biggest fish of them all on this list Joel Embiid this might be good news for some Nick fans, maybe not. But a recent report that came out from TheHeavy.com, they recently reported an NBA executive stating that Joel Embiid to the Knicks was a fantasy. They said it's a nice story, Embiid to the Knicks, but there's no way it happens. And you know what? Fans, I got to say, there's truth to that. There's a lot of truth to that. Now, Joel Embiid to the Knicks sounds like an amazing story. Joel Embiid won MVP this year so if Joel Embiid is available I'm picking up that phone and I'm answering it every single time because I want to hear what the package is going to be for Joel Embiid but here's why it's not going to happen the 76ers are a division rival to the New York Knicks now I get that there were some trades that happened with you know, Philly and the Nets and all that other stuff. But a large part of that had to do with Ben Simmons being part of that trade. Harden won it out anyways, and it was a good way to get rid of Ben Simmons. Those trades don't happen all the time. And with a caliber player like Joel Embiid, who is an MVP, not only are you going to need massive assets to acquire Embiid, likely gutting your team. So who are you pairing Embiid with if you're the Knicks to do that? But because you're a division rival, why would a GM of another team send their MVP to a division rival who they'll have to face multiple times a season and make it worse on themselves? Normally, if Joel Embiid was available, he'd probably be traded out West. We don't know what the Harden situation is going to be yet, if he's going to move to Houston or what's going to happen there. But Joel Embiid is loved by Philadelphia. He loves Philly. He said as much. There is no rumblings or no legs to the rumor that Joel Embiid is going to be a Nick. There's too many question marks surrounding Embiid, his status, and what the 76ers are going to do. So as of right now, there's no legs to it. I don't believe Joel Embiid is going to be a Nick. I would love to see it, but it's not going to happen. Let's move on to the next person, Jalen Brown. Can we just move past this really quick? He's playing in the playoffs right now. I'm not going to entertain a trade for a player, a star player who is still playing in the playoffs. That's number one. All right. So we have no idea what's going to happen there. Number two, the same reason that Joel wouldn't be a Nick 
It's the same reason that Jalen Brown won't be a Nick. Division rival. And I believe the Celtics would probably change up the coach before they changed up the stars, which they've seemed to always do each and every time a question mark came over that franchise. We saw it. They need a new coach because they have been outcoached throughout these entire playoffs. And it's been very clearly obvious to see. We saw it in the Atlanta series, actually. Very clear to see. But I think that move happens where they get a new head coach before they shake up those two major stars in Tatum and Brown. So, yeah, not going to happen either. I don't think that one has any legs to it, especially because he's still playing in the playoffs. Let's go. Next one. Cat. Carl Anthony Towns. Now, this one has some legs to it. If you've been sleeping under a rock, Carl Anthony Towns and the Knicks have been linked since 2020 when Leon Rose took over this New York Knicks franchise. That's when those rumors started. And they really haven't stopped since. Almost every offseason, you hear rumblings about it. Now, we haven't seen it happen, but who's to say it won't? According to Bleacher Report's Eric Pincus, he reported on May 14th that several NBA sources over the past couple of years have expressed they believe the Knicks will ultimately end up with Carl Anthony Towns. Now, beyond his value in terms of what he can give you in terms of his game, his offensive gifts, and his abilities, he's 27 years old. And yes, he is a CAA client. Hence, automatic ties to our president, Leon Rose. Not to mention that Carl Anthony Towns has not even started his super max extension of four years, 224.2 million dollars. That's gonna work out to about 50 plus million a year. Carl Anthony Towns is a great gifted player. Let's not get that twisted. I would say Carl Anthony Towns is one of the better centers playing in the NBA today. We can't take that away from him. But if you add a Carl Anthony Towns to the New York Knicks, how much does it raise the New York Knicks ceiling? Does it make them a perennial Eastern Conference championship team? I don't think so. And not only that, if you make a superstar trade, and by the way, if you trade for Towns, whether you believe he is a superstar or not, when you make 50 plus million a year and are getting a super max contract, you're going to get paid like a superstar. The assets to require that player are going to be like a superstar. So that means one of the two in RJ Barrett and Julius Randle will not be here. Some fans would rather keep RJ. Some fans would rather keep Randle. Either way, Brunson, Cat, and Randall, or Brunson, Cat, and RJ, that does not sound like an Eastern Championship Finals team. Does not sound like a championship team. But if you make a move like that, that's going to be the expectation. So what are we talking about here? Do we think Towns is that next piece that's going to get us to the next level? Has he done that for the Timberwolves? 
Towns hasn't taken his game to another level. According to Bleacher Report in the postseason, he gives you through 16 career playoff games, he's given you 18.6 points and 11.4 rebounds. He's not elevated his game in any way in the postseason like superstars are expected to do. Carl Anthony Towns is a gifted offensive player. Defensively, I think he's a little soft because he doesn't seem like he likes to take contact. He doesn't play bully ball a lot, although he does play down low. Doesn't like to bully his way inside, even though he's clearly strong and has the body for it. I feel like defensively, the Knicks will take a hit. But offensively, Carl Anthony Towns saves a lot of the Knicks players on offense. He gives you another player that can create his own shot and get his own shot. But more importantly, he gives you a center that has some type of offensive gifts that can allow a defense to keep him honest and make sure they put a body on him offensively because they know he's going to be a problem. One of the key reasons we lost the Heat series, I believe, was due to Mitchell Robinson and his ineffectiveness on offense. Defense, he was pretty okay, even though Bam still had a field day on us, right? But offensively, he didn't give you anything, really. Carl Anthony Towns solves that immediately because he's that gifted on offense as a center. But I don't know if the Knicks are going to pull the trigger on that type of trade for that center who is going to give you less defense more offense, and run you about 50-plus million a year. I don't know if the Knicks make that move, but that is the most realistic move. 27, so he fits the timeline. He's a CAA client, so he fits that uh, progress bar as well, too. That checks that box, right? And he does fit a need because the Knicks do need somebody to help them stretch out that five spot to allow more lanes to be open for their drivers in Barrett, Randall, and Brunson. So it makes sense if you're the Knicks. However, it's hard to justify the lack of defense you're going to get from it. It's hard to justify the contract. And it does not make you a perennial Eastern Conference Finals team. It doesn't even make you an NBA Finals team. And to do that, and the amount, the amount of assets it's going to take for you to get, Cat, is it going to be worth it at the end of the day for the Knicks to make a trade like that? I don't believe so. So I don't think the Knicks are going to trade for any of these guys. But I do think a trade for a star is out there. It's just going to be dependent on the assets it takes to get that star, who that player is, and what they add to this Knicks team. And I think before the Knicks look at a center, the Knicks are going to look at a wing. So keep in mind the wings who might be tradable or the free agents who are going to be wings. Because those are likely going to be the targets the Knicks have this offseason. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us here today. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us, and smash that like button. See you next time, guys. Peace. Listen to new episodes of The Knicks Recap, streaming every Friday.